0: so um you guys so there's a couple things i want to tell you about before we get started in your bags you should have found a flyer for a local ministry here called the well did you guys see that all right so i teach there on monday mornings these ladies over here all right this is an awesome awesome community Uh, you guys have got to check this out they are open monday through thursday i believe have workshops all the time It's just a a beautiful space for women to come in and be involved in a variety of activities, so please check them out. We are in full support of that ministry. Love it, love it. I also put on your table this morning, because I forgot to put this in your sack, a list of all of the Coffee Talk Bible synopsis, which are all, most of them are printed and sitting over there. So I started writing Bible studies in 2003, and um, the Bible study that you found in your bag um, that was one of the very, very first ones that I ever wrote. And so this year, I took the time to go through and edit that and revise it to make it better because <laughs> it was pretty awful. <laughs> but the reason I put that one in your bag was because that was the place that I really came to know and understand God's love. I mean, He literally was teaching me as I went. And so that bible study if you guys will take the time to sit in that and go through that bible study again it talks about all these aspects of god's love as they are revealed to the disciples and all their failures through passion week so again it goes through my love is a gift you know as opposed to my love has to be earned you know again it just goes through that whole thing so you can see that there so i hope that you guys will enjoy that that you will grow if you do please send me a note okay i would love to hear from you guys I'm Jay West at Calvary Alpharetta, or again, um, you can contact me through the Coffee Talk website. And all of those Bible studies, by the way, are there. They are printed over there. That's easier for you, but if you want to download them, they are free on my website, coffeetalk.org. You are, they are available to you, so you can use them. You can, again, in your community, wherever you would like, they are for you. So, all right. Um, some of you guys got goat soap and lotion in your bags. Did you use it yet? Wow, these people are super strong believers that made this for us. Wonderful product, you guys use that. Some lip scrub from Rajni over here, really awesome. I think you make that so your kissers are soft. I guess that's what happens, right? <laughs> so um, just some really neat things. So again, I hope that you guys are blessed by that. You words of affirmation people got those things in your sacks as well. So, um, so again, I'd like to thank Kate and Luke for being here to lead worship for us and um, let's pray. So God, we just bring our hearts before you, Lord. We just lay them bare. And Father, we know that you will handle our hearts gently. You love us, Lord. And again, as we've already discovered, you love us to the depths. (laughs) And you cherish us the same. So Father, I pray that everything that is spoken here would be rooted deeply, deeply into our hearts, Lord, that it will grow and it will bring forth fruit. So Father, we're asking this, asking you to do this by the power of your Holy Spirit. And again, we are expecting great things today. We love you, Lord. We just surrender this time into your hands. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm sorry, can I say one thing? Yes. Pause, I'm so sorry. One more thing, I almost forgot this. We have, a, a gal brought this to me today. It's a come to the table cookbook and she's, I'm probably gonna have to have her come up here and tell you more about this. But, anyways, this resource was just added over on the coffee talk table. Um, so, again, a woman put this together that's here in our midst. So, you guys make sure you check that out. Filled with all kinds of yummies. So, okay, thank you.
1: Awesome. If you ladies want to stand, and we can worship our King.
2: Holy, 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 I want to see you, amen. And holy, 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 Jesus, you are holy, holy, holy. And holy, 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 I want to see you. See you high lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. And pour out your power and love as we sing. Oh, glory, pour out your power and love as we sing, holy, 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 so open the eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. Oh, I want to see you Oh, I want to see you Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch's treasure. How great the pain of searing lies. The Father turned His face away As wounds which mourn the Chosen One Bring his sons to glory Behold the man upon a cross My sin upon His shoulders. I hear my mocking voice Call out among the scoffers It was my sin It was my sin that held Him there Until it was accomplished His dying breath has brought me life that it is finished I will not boast in anything no gifts, no power, no wisdom but I will boast in Jesus Christ His death and resurrection why should I get why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart: His wounds I paid my ransom. Amen. It is finished. Seeing how deep, how deep. The Father's love for us How vast beyond all measure That He should give His only Son To make a wretch His treasure How great the pain of searing life The Father turned His face away As wounds which mar the chosen one Bring many sons to glory been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing of oh, the goodness of God Say one more time And all my life you have been faithful Reflect back on all the times that you've been faithful Oh, my life, you have been so, so good with every breath that I have. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of Oh, I will sing of the goodness
1: of God. God, we thank you for your goodness. God, we praise you. Thank you, Lord, that we get to come together and worship your precious holy name. May we continue in that today. Amen.
3: Good morning, good morning. How deep the Father's love, Kate, Luke, thank you. Um, I love that song, and the goodness of God is incredibly special to me because my daughter's middle name is Tova, and Tove in Hebrew is good, the goodness of God. And we added an A-H, making it a feminine name, Joanna Tova. And that song was actually playing when I gave birth to her in the room, and her her middle name was going to be Truth, Joanna Truth. My husband wanted it to be JTD, to follow his initials, and I said, okay, Joanna Truth it is, and that song came on, and it was like the Lord just said to me, Sarah, your daughter is going to be a testament to my goodness in your life, and her middle name is to be Tova. Still met my husband's request, JTD, (laughs) but Tova. And little did I know, right, COVID was right around the corner. And the whole life, the whole world was about to change. And things that seemed good, right, bringing home a newborn baby, everything kind of went dark for a while. In my own life and in the world. um, And that song just carried us. And every time I look, and still to this day I look at my daughter, And she is a testament to God's goodness when things don't look good or they don't feel good or they don't seem good. His goodness is constant. His love is deep. And so we're going to dive into his love in a very tender, sweet way. Um, I, I know many of us probably in this room, have grown up around the love of God, right? Maybe it's in a church or maybe it was your grandparents or your parents that displayed that for you. So the love of God is not so much an unknown concept, but I also don't know in a room this size if the love of God is a personal reality either. Many of us can know it at a conceptual level. But like we talked about last night, knowing at the Hebrew level, at the Greek level, in an experiential way, that is far more rare when you talk about the love of God. Conceptually, we get it. Experientially, personally, sometimes we struggle, and we're going to talk about why. Um, Like I did last night, I want to read you some verses. I don't want to give you opinion. I want to prove to you through the word of God and what he says is true, that he loves you, that he demonstrates love for you, but we're going to go farther than that today. Because not only does God demonstrate his love, he defines it. He, He puts it on display, but he also is love itself. So we're going to hopefully, by God's power, move from love being something God does for us, something God does to us, and something he becomes to us. Again, a perspective shift. And so Romans 5.8 says this, just write the reference down, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners— what? Christ died for us. So out of the gate, he is separating the recipient of his love from us, from him to us, separate from our behavior. While we were still sinners, while we were far away, while we did not love him, he demonstrated love by giving of himself in entirety to us. And then even further, John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for another. You realize Jesus' life was not taken from him. He laid it down willingly. Y'all remember his agony in his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. I had the privilege of standing at the feet of those olive trees years ago, maybe 15 years ago, and thinking of the agony and yet the willingness that Jesus expressed before he goes to the cross. Oh God, if there be another way, let this cup pass from me, but your will be done. Because love was in view for him. Jesus' love of the Father first and foremost, and then his love of us carried him through the greatest demonstration of love we've ever seen. But then the Scripture does something so beautiful in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and it takes demonstration of love, much of which we see in the Old Testament, right? And it basically tells us in the New Testament Oh, he doesn't just demonstrate it. He is it. He defines it. In fact, you can't experience love or put a definition to love without having God somewhere in that sentence. And the world tries, let me tell you. Oh, they try to talk about love. They try. Remember, we talked about in English, we've got one word for love, and we use it quite often. But you know, in Greek... There's five different words for love. I mean, there's so many different categories to love, and this agape love, that is what we are talking about today, how deep the agape love is. That is what he is. It's who he is. Psalm 8615 says this, and then we're going to dive deeper into 1 John 4 after our break today when it talks all about God being loved. But listen, you, O Lord, are compassionate and gracious you're slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Psalm 86, 15. Love is not something he just does or disseminates out like money. Like, here, let me give you a little. Let me give you a little. You know, let me, let me die for the world. Let me, let me just show you love. He embodies it. He can't separate himself from it. However, somewhere in in many of us that have walked with the Lord, that are children of God, that have entered into being known by God and, and know him in return, somewhere in our journey with him, I think love's definition gets skewed. I know it did for me, and I grew up with an incredible family. My dad was a pastor, really. He majored in Greek and minored in Hebrew, so figure where I get it from, okay, in seminary. <clears throat> deeply loved the Lord, and still does, as does my mom, who's here. So I grew up understanding and, and longing and really genuinely wanting to know and to love the Lord. I've said it often, you know, my, my son's about to turn seven, so we're kind of in these conversations about the gospel and baptism. And I said, well, my story's a bit interesting because I came to Christ very knowingly at seven years old, but it happened to be in the bathtub. So I had been baptized multiple times. faith in Christ in the bathtub, okay? But life happens between 7 and 41. And the culture and relationships and physical love, right, and and just, you know, generic English Um, All right, this is on again, but it might be struggling with the battery. Life has a way of creeping in, and maybe that's happened with you too. Now, I came to faith and I knew him, but here's the interesting part. I, like I said last night, was innocently focused and deeply desiring to love God. Think should I, should I wait? All right, hold on. Take a pause. Hold on. This, this thing. We'll, we'll just trade it Everybody out. Everybody, close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Battery. Make- yes, yes, just testing, testing, y'all got me, there it is. Um, but like with, thank you, Blake, um, but like with knowing, we can just completely forget the main point, and that is that he wants us and he wanted me to live out of his love for me, rather than Lord, I love you, and I, remember, I'm the one that's doing all these things for you, and I'm, I'm following you, and I'm obeying you, and I'm, I'm living righteously before you, and I deeply desire you, so therefore you owe me. Therefore, because I love you, oh, I know the verse in 1 John 4, I know that I love him because he first loved me, but honestly, if we're really gut level real, we flip that script real quick. God, I love you, so therefore, if you loved me, you would remember I love you and you wouldn't allow X, Y, Z to happen. Because a good God who loves me based on, frankly, how much I love you would never hurt me. Well, if you're parents in this room, y'all know that love and pain go together. Love and discipline go together. And in fact, the scripture goes so far as to say he disciplines those he what? Loves. It would not be love to give me my way. In fact, it is one of the greatest pictures of his love to not do so. And there are seasons in my life, one in particular, where I so desperately wanted God's will my way. Oh, I knew enough to want his will. It just needs to look like the way I want it to look. I mean, this has got to be my way, okay? I got to get married to this particular person. It was not my husband at the time. I was engaged with somebody different. It's got to look like this, and it's all for your glory, Lord, but surely, 23 weddings in, okay? It's my turn, all right? Four shy of the movie. I still have all the dresses to prove it. Fresh graduated out of college, and I'm going, Lord. Do you remember, I am the one who loves you. I saved myself for, for marriage. I've done everything right, yet you're withholding from me the physical expression of love. Why? If you loved me, you would give me a husband. You would give me children. You would give me this very thing I'm longing and desiring for your glory, remember? <clears throat> I had misdefined love. And what had happened... And if you've had all been in any of my Establisher Bible studies, I've said this so many times. I began to unknowingly attach his love to his hand, what he does and doesn't do, and completely subtracted his love from his heart. And there were seasons in my life, and this one in particular, in 2004, where I didn't understand what his hand had allowed. It cut me open. It was the death of a dream, and I remember distinctly saying, oh God, you wouldn't dare go to this length to show me, to get my attention. Surely you wouldn't bring me this this close to getting everything I wanted for your glory and pull the rug out from underneath me. Surely you wouldn't do that, and he said, Sarah, I would go to any length to not give you my to give you my to give you your way but to show you my way it is higher and it is better and all of my ways whether you understand what my hand does or doesn't do is filtered through my love not your love of me my love of you and i just distinctly remember that honestly is where my need of the scripture birthed. You realize the more you need something, the more you love it. But if you don't really think you need something, you're really not gonna put a lot of value in loving it. And when he took everything from me, and I'm really truncating a very long story here, but when he took everything from me, he became everything. He has a way of doing that, does he not? that he says, I want to flip the definition of love. I love you so much that yes, I'm willing to allow hurt in your life. He uses the things, y'all, we would never choose to become the very things we would never change. Because it's what brings us to the beginning of, oh, wow, you love me. And I don't know what your chapters hold. I don't know what your story holds, but I am guaranteeing that pain is in every single one of your stories. It's universal. Pain is just as universal as love. But what the Bible does in this beautiful demonstration that we see of love is what does it do? It marries the two. God experienced the greatest ache to demonstrate for us the greatest act of love. So in our own lives, when we are tempted to say, Huh, if you loved me, you would do this. If you loved me, surely you would not do that. Maybe you've had that wrestling match with him. I have, countless times. And he has proven to me, over and over again sarah to live in my love for you that is your lens that is your filter for every circumstance that comes to you not the other way around and paul oh y'all if you knew the resume of paul's hardships and for him to write what he's written here that that there is an experiential availability to know the love of God, you would go, that that doesn't make sense. God allowed beatings and stonings barely to where Paul could even live. Multiple shipwrecks, confusion. You read this and go, and he was loved by God? Yes. 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 My heart, and I believe God's heart, is today he wants to change the definition for you of love. He wants to separate it out from your circumstances and from what he does and doesn't do, but who he is. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians is the book where Paul really talks about this love of Christ, this mystery of Christ in us. Literally walking in love. Capital L. He even gives that in, in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, walk in love. For those of y'all that are married or dating or have you know have been in that moment, y'all know that phrase, that you're in love, right? As a Christian, as someone, as a woman of God, oh man, are we truly walking in love? Capital L. Not what we do for him to prove our love and oh man, I'm serving and I am working at the church and God, I love you. No, I'm walking new. I'm walking whole. I'm walking full in your love of me. Changes everything. And Paul knew that, and that's why he could pray this powerful prayer. Do you know where he was when he penned this and prayed this prayer? He was in prison. Not something he probably would have chosen. Not something he would even think maybe would be allowed to someone who loves God. But see, he never never thought that way. And he, he is able here really mainly in that verse 19 of Ephesians 3 to, to invite us into something he knew. To know the love of Christ which surpasses your knowledge, which surpasses your current definition. Oh, would you allow God to blow up for you what true love is? Because let me tell you this, like this tree... Underneath the tree and underneath any tree we see outside, there's a root system. And if the root system to a tree is shallow, okay, what happens to the tree when the storm comes? Okay, it's either going to uproot or it's going to potentially bend so deeply that it'll break. Do you know what our root system is? It is not how much we love God or how much we think we know about God. Our root system, our identity lies deep. Oh, I pray it goes so deep in the fact that we are known by him, we are cherished by him, which is a love word, and we are loved by him. However, he wants to demonstrate that and define that. And throughout those seasons in my life when, yeah, The wind and the rain came, and it's happened in a variety of ways, from losing a baby to battling with chronic pain to losing loved ones in horrific accidents to having dreams die to having relational hurt. I mean, you name it, we've all experienced it. But as that came for me, and if my walk with the Lord was like this tree, everything around me was tempting to uproot. God doesn't love you. Because if he loved you, you wouldn't be experiencing that. Or, Sarah, you haven't loved him enough, so it's your fault. He's disciplining you because he doesn't love you because you've messed up. No, 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 no. The scripture says our root system, the deeper our roots go in his love, because it is everlasting and ever change, never changing, we are able as a tree to withstand some of the harshest weather. And Paul lived that, and he was able to say this beautiful phrase, which in English makes no sense, to know the love of Christ that surpasses what you can know. I mean, in English, it's like, I mean, what? But in Greek, it makes perfect sense, black and white to color TV, because what he is saying there is... Epic Ignascos. He's inviting us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Men did not write this. They were merely a conduit. It's the breathed word of God inspired by the Holy Spirit. And God is saying through Paul, I want you to rest in my love. I want you to know the love of Christ so experientially that you know what? It's going to be probably deepened through your pain. Two things that don't make sense. You realize the kingdom of God does that all the time. You have to be weak to be what? Strong. You have to be blind sometimes to really have the eyes of your heart see. And here, it's almost like you have to come to the end of your own definition of love. Where it seems like you are going to be uprooted and bent and broken and totally left out to dry to experience his love that surpasses anything you could have ever known. That is what Paul is referencing in Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. So I I want to kind of start back up. 19 is kind of the culminating verse, but I want to start back up in verse 16 because he says in this request, he's praying that he, capital H, would grant you according to the riches of his glory. So there it is again. The subject of the sentence is him. Always will be. Always has been. He is not going to grant you anything he's about to say based on your behavior. What freedom. He's going to grant you according to his riches. They They are limitless. To be strengthened with power through his spirit, subject again, in your inner man. The inner man is the place in which love is experienced. Not here, here. We've all heard the phrase head knowledge, right? Moving to heart knowledge. Paul's talking about that. So that, here's the why. So whenever you read the scripture, you can't just look over words like so that, or you know here's why, or for this reason. You've got to go and say, well... So that, okay, that means he wants that to happen so that what he's about to say next will occur. So that Christ, front and center, may dwell in your hearts through faith. Here's here's where we're getting to the key. And that you, being rooted and grounded in love, rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend. I'm going to blow your mind when I tell you what that means in the Greek. Be able to comprehend, it's not what you think it is, with all the saints, what is the breadth? Some of your your translations will say width. What is the length, the height, and the depth? And he doesn't even stop there. You would think he would say the, di- the, di- the dimensions, the width, the breadth, the height, and the length of his love, but he keeps going on before he even finishes the sentence. Paul is so famous for run-on sentences. I love it. that he just keeps going. Okay, the, 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 the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know. He's just going to add this one more big one because that's the epikonoskos, the experiential knowing. He is, this is the climax of the passage. Here is the apex of what he's trying to say. That you would know the love of Christ, which surpasses what you think you already know, is what that means. That, here's another why you may be filled, filled up. And not just to the the top, okay? Filled up to all the fullness of God. Now that's a lot of superlatives. That is an amazing, almost supernatural thing to even begin to wrap our mind around. And so to do that, I just want to take apart the two things he says, rooted and grounded. Because he's using two biblical imageries here in Greek to really bring this home. And of course, Rooted is probably one of my favorites. It's these, I mean, tree. a tree is the logo of Establisher. It's, it's something I can't get beyond. I love trees. I've always loved them. They're throughout the Scripture. And in my book that I wrote, I did an entire study on the different kinds and wrote about that in there, of the different kinds of trees and the different kinds of root systems that the Scripture even talks about. And here Paul says... You being rooted, did you know that that's a present participle? That's not past tense. That's right here, right now. It's available. Despite what you have ever thought about God's love or your love of him or if he didn't do this, Sarah, or I'm struggling with if he loves me, put it all aside. Right now, you are able to be rooted, present tense, and present participle meaning continually. You are being rooted and grounded now some of your definitions or some of your translations will use built up for grounded so he's using the idea of an agricultural term a tree and that of architecture so we see agricultural language and we see architectural language he's not only grounding you beneath in his love in this solid surface but he's also building you up in his love like a building Now, I'm not an architect, but I know enough to know, even in this building that we stand, what is the basis on which you start a building? Do you start from the top up or the the, the bottom up? Hello? The foundation. I mean, the building is only as good as the foundation, yes? The tree is only as strong as the root system, yes? So the love of Christ is the foundation. And when we Misdefine the love of Christ. We attach it to circumstances. We attach it to His hand. We attach it to He allowed a diagnosis that I didn't want. So therefore, He does not love me and I don't love Him. Okay? When we misdefine the love of Christ, our foundation shakes. It is not secure. In the building, okay, is vulnerable. The tree is vulnerable. But when your foundation is in knowing this experiential way of Christ's love, you are solid despite what's thrown at you. And this does not mean you will never cry and you will never wrestle and you will never go, God, I know you love me, but this hurts. That's all part of it. It's okay. He's big enough to handle all that. But let me tell you, in my study of trees, I spent more time on that than I did architecture, but in my study of trees, did you know that I learned through actually reading agricultural encyclopedias, okay, that trees, especially oak trees that we see all throughout Georgia, trees and their root systems are actually developed because of harsher weather, Because when the winds and the rains come, or for this matter, when drought comes, what do the roots have to do? Oh man, they got to sink deep because they're looking for nourishment. They're looking for, for water. They're looking for life underneath because what's happening on the surface is sucking the life out of them. So it actually strengthens the tree, the harsher the weather. That's a powerful thought. And then he goes on with this idea in verse 18, after the agricultural picture of your foundation is secure when it is based in the love of Christ. And he says this word, comprehend. Now, again, in English, comprehend. I mean, the first thing I think of is, I mean, my mind. I mean, it's cognition. I either know it or I don't. I comprehend a concept or I don't. I still got to learn, I still got to study because I don't get it. That's not what it's saying in Greek. Y'all, this blew my mind when I was studying this. I had never seen this before, the power of the living word. Okay, I have lived much of my life in Ephesians. I have taught it every which way to Sunday. And I have never seen this until God revealed it to me about four days ago. Listen to what the definition of comprehend means that Paul is using here right, he says, may be able to comprehend, verse 18, here it is, this is so powerful, to eagerly seize and take possession to claim as one's own. To eagerly seize it and take possession of God's love in all of its dimensions. You see, when we define God's love by what he does, you know what that is? That's one-dimensional. That's lame. Okay, we're, we're living in a, in a culture where there's VR, right? Virtual reality. It, 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 it takes you, I've never really done it before necessarily, but I've just heard, you know, the glasses, it changes your perspective and it makes you feel like you're living in kind of a 4D world or a 3D world. God's love is way more than one-dimensional. It's more than two-dimensional. It's more than three. It is a 4-D love. Think about the cross for a second. The cross goes in every direction, does it not? Think about a compass. How many directions are there on a compass? Four. That covers every direction, north, south, east, west. Paul could have stopped with two. He didn't. He said, I want you to seize and take possession as your own like you have never done before. The 4D dimension of God's love that's based right there. The width, the height, the length, and the depth. The cross of Christ. John 3:16 For God so loved For God so loved he demonstrated it in 4D You know Tim Tebow made that even more famous with however many millions and millions of Google searches when he wore John 3:16 right here on his football eye patch You would think people would know that but there were I don't even know, 50-something million people that Googled, what is John 3:16?" For God so loved the world. Now, those of us who know that verse, that can sometimes be a struggle. And Julie alluded to this yesterday. And so did Kate, that not only did he love the world and he demonstrate it and define it in the 4D dimensional of the cross, but he loves you. He cherishes you. Cherish is not corporate. Cherish is not general, okay? Cherish is intimate, it's personal. He loves you, That has got to come home to where it's not a blanketed, oh, yes, I know God loves me. Oh, but do we? We know that he loves the world. Do we know? Do we believe that he loves us in a 4D way? Which includes, Sarah, sometimes my love for you will allow something in a dimension that in your poor definition of love, you would never allow. Trust me. Define my love, Sarah, by what I say in my word. It is who I am. It is so much more than just what I do or don't do for you. As a mother, it it just would crush my heart if Bo and Joanna would look at me and doubt my love for them because I didn't give them a blue ninja costume for Halloween which is what my, my son wants to be, and I wanted him to be the scarecrow in Wizard of Oz. And we, we had a battle on it, and he said, Mom, I just want to be a blue ninja. And if you don't give me a blue ninja, I don't feel like you love me. I'm like, well, first of all, okay, you can have a blue ninja, but we need to have a theological conversation here, okay? Because my love for you has nothing to do with what I give you. I could not stop loving you if I tried, and you make me mad sometimes, but I love you with every core of who I am, because you're mine, because I cherish you, because because God birthed you through me. You're mine. I love you that much, and yes, there will be times where I give you what you're asking, but son, there will be times where I do not. And that does not change the reality and the definition of my love for you. Don't we have those conversations with God? We can be moms in this room, but ladies, we're first children. And there are times where I'm going, Lord, I want this. And you wouldn't wouldn't not give this to me. You love me. And he's going, because I love you. I can't give that to you. And you will begin to understand that as I deepen your love, in in my love for you, as I deepen your comprehension, as you learn to take possession and seize it as your own, oh, Sarah, you will trust in whatever I give and whatever I take. Y'all remember the verse in Job? I can't tell you. I think, I mean, this is a, I don't know, maybe 15-year-old Bible, but I had one that was maybe 20 years. I kid you not, in Job 42, there was tear stains in that Bible because I wrestled over that verse when Job said, the Lord gives and takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. You can only say that, ladies, when you have seized his love for you and you have moved beyond defining it the way you think it should be t- defined or the way the culture or the world thinks or the way maybe an earthly father loved you that may not have been good or maybe a, a poor relationship that, man, if that's love, man, I don't want anything to do with God. Man, we hear it all the time. Love, this kind of love is four-dimensional. It's heavenly. It's something entirely different. And that is what he's inviting us to deepen the root system in. His love. His love of us. Do you believe that? For the next few minutes, I want to take apart each, def- each dimension, and I want to give you some verses behind each dimension. The breadth, or the width, the length, the height, the depth of his love. And I pray that you would not just cognitively write it down, but that it would take deep, deep root in your heart to where that switch would flip and you would go, man, I don't fully understand it but all I know is his love is what I need. And the more I need his love, the more I experience it. And sometimes and almost always, it is pain and loss that births that need, that opens our eyes to go, Lord, forgive me for misdefining and frankly, cheapening, lessening your love by just something you do. It's who you are, and I trust you. So the first one, I already gave it to you. Jesus' love has width and breadth. It's John 3, 16. And my prayer here, and I believe God's prayer here, is that if this has been a verse of struggle for you, because it's seen as corporate, it's seen as general, and it is true, right? The Bible is true. It's not contradicting. He died. He loved. He died for the sins of the world. For God so loved the world, right, he sent his only son, But at the same time, not everybody will enter in to the reality of that truth. Not everybody will see that and go, he died for me. He loved me. He covered. Love covers a multitude of sins. He covered me with his love, and I want to experience that. Oh, man, I pray that more people will enter that reality, but we meet them every day where they go, oh, yeah, I've heard of that before. I don't need that. I'm, I'm a good person. You know, I've, I've got a good husband. I've got a good wife. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm moral. Life is happy. I'm, I'm just, I'm good. That's great that that's, that's for you. It's not for me. They don't yet know the 4D dimensional love of Christ. And what's powerful is that, in humbling really, is that when you look at the, the breadth of that, the width of that, his love is so wide that it covers the entire world. It also covers your pain, your loss, your sin. It's so personal. it's not just General. Move it. God, would you move it beyond general to Personal. Revelation, you don't have to turn there, I'll read it for you, but Revelation 7, 9 gives this beautiful picture of just the the, the breadth, right? The width of God's love. Listen to this. A multitude, right? Revelation 7, verse 9, After these things I looked up and behold a great multitude, which no one could count. That's a lot, that's wide. From every nation and all tribe and all people in all tongues. So there will be somebody from every tribe and every nation that will be worshiping. Now at the end of time, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. But some, because of their, their place, their position in Christ's love, because they place their faith in his finished work, they will get to enter in to the love. There will be others that bow and turn away and are ultimately separated from his love. And that should move us, and that should rock us. There are people in my family that currently are separated from his love. There was a time in my life where I was, where you were. Oh, what a privilege it is to come into this seizing of, oh God, I am your possession, and you are mine. The love of Christ is my foundation. That should move us to pray that that this multitude would grow. Because it says here that they will be standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches in their hands, and they will be crying out with a loud voice from every tribe, in every language, in every race, in everything. They will be crying out salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Joining in with the angels, those that enter in to the love of Christ. That's, that's width. Think about a river for a second. That was my second baptism. I got baptized, well, actually it was my third. I got baptized in the Jordan River in Israel. My dad baptized me before that. But think about a river for a second. The width of a river really is displayed in its coverage. How wide it goes, what it covers. And rivers that cover a lot, they can do a lot of damage, Yeah water can rise and they can flood a whole entire town and some rivers are really narrow god's love is endless the width is beyond what we can even measure except when we look at the cross there's a measurement of the width the length turn with me to jeremiah 31:3. this is beautiful jeremiah 31 3 The length, I love this, the Lord appeared to him from afar, length, length is not distance necessarily, it's not that God is far away, it's that he's demonstrating how long his length, listen, I have loved you, guess what, that's past tense verb, I have loved you with an everlasting love, there's a length word. An everlasting love. Therefore I have drawn you. That's a near word. That's a cherished word, is it not? He is talking about length, that he loved us before time. We knew us yesterday. Remember, Jeremiah again. 1 verse 5. He knew us before time, before we were born. Well, he loved us the same. But he's drawn us deeply, intimately with loving kindness. And then verse 4 ties right in to Ephesians. I love the scripture. Architecture. And again, I will build you. I will. You will be rebuilt. The love of Christ is so long that it started before time. And it will never end with time. We live in time and space. His love extends that. He he, he defines time and space. Four-dimensional. It's just hard to even grasp. Hosea 2, 19 through 20 says this, I will betroth you to me forever. That's a long word. That's a length word. Doesn't start and stop. Doesn't depend on you. Doesn't matter if you reject it or if you misdefine it or if you wrestle with it, I will betroth you to me forever. The length will not be compromised of my love. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in loving kindness and compassion. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. And then it ends, Hosea 2.20. Then you will know the Lord. You see, knowing, cherishing And love, they all go together. He is going to prove to you, not because he has to, but because he wants to, the length and the width and the height and the depth of his love. Revelation 13.8 says, Our names were written, those of us who are in Christ, those of us who are his children, not everybody, But those of us who are, our names were written and are written in the book of life. Y'all, it transcends time. Wow. What dignity that gives to life. That we have value and purpose. That all of our days have been ordered and numbered. He knows it all. It's, It's length. You know, we live in this little blip. I went to a funeral just a couple weeks ago of a dear Dear college friend's dad, that died fairly suddenly. And you're just standing there at the threshold, right, of death and life. And it just happens in the blink of an eye. But his love transcends this. This right here, these 70 years, if we're given them, 86 years, if we're given them, 50 years, if we're given them, it is a blip in the line of his love, and we will be ushered into eternity, those of us who are in Christ and he is in us, to full-on experience this 4D dimensional love. And I can't wait for that day. But you know what's so sweet? (sighs) Is that it's available right now that his love isn't just attached to a location. It's him, you can experience him. You can walk in love right now, believing it to be true, experiencing the dimension, the definition, the, de- the demonstration of his love in your everyday life. And it's transformational. Listen to this quote. August Tilapide says this, Things future, nor things that are now, not all things below or, abo- b- below or above can make his purpose forgo or sever my soul from his love. It's basically a Bible verse, right? Romans 8. Romans 8, 38 through 39. But instead of reading this verse to you, I want to ask it to you in a question. Are you convinced? Have you seized as your very own possession? Are you convinced that neither death? And I know some women in here have experienced death. I have too. Are you experienced and in, in convinced in that vacancy that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth? Interestingly, he uses similar dimensions here nor any other created thing will be able to separate you, sever you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Are you convinced of that? Have you comprehended that? Not here. Here. Seized it like a treasured possession. Because that's how he sees you. That's how he loves you. And then lastly here, Depth and height, they're kind of the same in the sense that you can't really have one without the other. You realize that to experience depth, to really be able to, to measure depth, you have to also have height. You would have no, no point of reference, correct? So depth and height, the, the center of the tree, the part in which Christ carried down the Via Della Rosa, this is the depth and the height. They're kind of this one elongated picture. and it's really kind of shows Ephesians 2, 1 through 9, and Philippians 2, 7 and 8, when it basically says that Jesus emptied himself in Philippians 2. He left heaven. He separated himself from the triune God emptied himself that we might know fullness. He went to the depths, but doesn't stop there. Because in Ephesians 2, 1 through 9, the most powerful section of the gospel in Ephesians, right? He says he did that in order to raise us up. He went below to raise us up and to seat us in heavenly places. wow, you have been saved, if that is the truth of you, by grace through faith. That's what that that chapter goes on to talk about. But it says that he has made you alive. Like, Remember, like Lazarus, right? He he wasn't fully alive. Jesus has made you alive. This doesn't, doesn't just forgive you. The 4D dimensional of God's love makes you alive. The depth in the height. And so if you're in a season of life where you are in the depths, oh, we've all had it. If you're not in one now, you will be. If you are in that place, know this, that his love went there, but it doesn't leave you there. He went to the depths to lift you, to be the lifter of your head, Psalm 121. He wants to lift you, to raise you up. That's what his love does. Think back with me for just a second about being in kindergarten. This is the season I'm in, okay? i got a six-year-old and a three-year-old, so we are in the throes of kindergarten. You learn everything you need to know for life in kindergarten. I'm convinced. You learn how to share. You learn how to add. You learn how to read. You learn how to make friends. You learn how to be social, you learn discipline, you learn how to sit down, you learn everything you you need to know. And then life just builds on it. But here's something else you probably learned when you were a child, when you were a little girl. The little, little lyric, a little tune that you learned maybe in vacation Bible school or in church, and it probably started when you were in kindergarten, maybe even before that. My daughter, who's three, knows this little tune. Jesus loves me This I know. Why? For the Bible tells me so, yes? Notice, I was a cheerleader through high school, go figure. Notice the song does not say, Jesus loves me, yes I know. The second part doesn't go on to say, I love Jesus, yes I do. I love Jesus, yes I do. If, If I could have sang that song, that's probably how I would have sang it. It would have been a chant, Lord, I love you. Yes, I do. And he's going, no, 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 I know that. But you only can love me when you first experience my love for you. And Sarah, the song started when you were young. Jesus loves you. This I know. You know, children have a beautiful way of believing something is true. They don't debate it. Well, my son can. But usually, children take it for what it is. There's a verse in the scripture that says, what manner of love is this that we have been bestowed upon to be children? Ladies, can I invite you to take off your mom hat, to take off your adulting, okay, and become a child again. Because when you learned that tune, it was just as true then as it is today. Jesus loves you. But I don't know if you know that, the way we're talking about knowing. And so I'm going to invite Kate to come up because as we break, we're going to break for a potty break because I know that's a real thing. And when we come back up, which is like literally in like 15 minutes, we're just going to keep going. We're going we're gonna to dive into 1 John 4. We're going to redefine how God defines love. And then we're going to look at fullness. But we're going to take a break. But before we take a break, I want her to lead us in this song. And I want you to close your eyes and think of being a little girl not all the responsibilities that you have on you. I want you to sing this song as a little girl. And if you don't believe it, ask him to make it real to you. Because that's what the love of Christ can do. And we believe it not because we feel it, not because we see it, Sure, not because we can understand it, but because he said it. Because the Bible tells me so.
1: And sing along with me. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. The Bible tells me so. Sing, yes, Jesus loves me. One more time. Yes, Jesus loves me. You ladies sing this. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Amen.